Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 227, recorded live at River Dog Studios. The show is brought to you by... You've been really frustrated with Google searches lately. You want to get your page up high in the rankings, and it seems like every time you do a search on your topic, you end up way down at the bottom, several pages in. Oh, and the companies at the top are the really, really big ones. You want to contact Mudpod Design House. They are really good at helping with SEO. They'll help you get the right keywords and get your page rankings up. Go to Mudpod Design House at mudpoddesign.com to get your SEO right. Now, here are your hosts. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Patrick Hunter. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism Radio. Radio. Ooh, Patrick, we've been waiting long enough. You've got to pour that tea. I am so excited to give this tea a try. Oh, it looks so good. And the smell, the aroma is... Oh, yeah. Mint has come off of there. It's oh, gotta be mint. it's got to be mint. Oof. Oh, I can hardly wait to give this and a try. you the table for me if I'm pouring this. I know. I know. I mean, that's potent stuff. So we're going to be sampling Tiger Blend from Sacred Blossom Farm today. Really excited. Oh, I'm um, very excited. I'm a big coffee drinker normally. That's my that's my go-to juice in the morning. Um and Candace today asked, hey, what tea do you want to uh, have for the show? And I just, with my tired eyes, looked over to her and said, I want to go tiger. Yep, definitely. <laughs> and it is, oh, my God, you guys. I snuck a taste while he was talking. It was so good. It's making my mouth dance a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a lovely little peppiness, but it blends. It's blended nicely. It doesn't... Tastes like the herbal remedies I brew at home when people are sick. Yeah, I don't like those. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know this, I know this is, is an herbal remedy, if you will, too. This one's much more drinkable. Yes. Um, so yes. you could just – from everything that you get, you, you know, from the, from the, the container, the packaging, the, the color of the herbs are just – Yeah, you know, when I first started looking at Tony, he contacted us and said he was interested in doing a show with us. And I don't just take, like, everybody that contacts us. I take a really good look at what they're doing. I read their books or I take some classes. I take a look at, you know, what they're doing. Yeah, you do a lot of research when it comes to I do. I do because I don't – I really don't want to put people on our show or have people on our show that I don't really believe in. So I took a look at what he had and honestly, I – I looked at the pictures on his website and I thought, well, you know, does anybody really have herbs that look that great? I yeah, thought he photoshopped. Are they photoshopped? Yeah, I, yeah, I thought. saturation up or something. Kind of what I thought. I can tell you folks that looking at the real thing, they did not photoshop those a whole heck of a lot, if at all, because it. This yeah, the looks, flowers are phenomenal in there. The flowers are vibrant. The greens are all yeah, green. Even the grasses, not yeah. the grass, but the, the, the leafy herb portion yeah. is like. I mean, it's yeah. It looked like it yes. picked yesterday. Yes, exactly. The lemongrass is the one that stands out the most in terms of the like the color. But they're all. I mean, all of them are colored, really beautifully colored. Lemongrass is one of those ones that a lot of times when I get the um, when I buy teas that have lemongrass in it, even if it's a whole, like you can see the lemongrass, mm-hmm. it usually looks sort of yellow to brown. And his do not. They are vibrant. And because we are recording this and then I'm going to be like actually producing it tomorrow and uploading it tomorrow, I can tell you guys this is herbs that have sat since last growing season. Right. Oh, yeah. And they're still this vibrant. Yeah, that's not not the current season. In fact, I talked to Tony the other day 
for uh, an unrelated thing. And, you know, he was, he was said, cause he didn't get back to me last week. I'd asked him, called him a couple of times and, and I was like, okay, maybe he's busy. And then yeah. he, he emailed back that he did. He for one, he lost my phone number. But the second thing was <laughs> that he was plant. He like planted twenty thousand uh, herb, uh, herbal plants last week. He did all this other stuff. So he's getting ready for the full blown growing season coming up. Yeah, he's yeah he's out there, out there in the field, as it were. And no, it's I was really I was impressed with what I saw, and I'm even more impressed now with what I'm seeing from the actual product, and from oh the flavor of this tea is just so good. <laughs> Yeah, I could I could see myself definitely drinking this um, if more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I mean, yes, if you go to his site and you buy his tea and you use our coupon code RealHerb15 and get you know the fifteen percent off, we do. We are an affiliate. Yeah, we are an affiliate. But I would tell you to go there and get his tea anyway, or more importantly, look seriously at polycultural farming techniques, biodynamic dynamic farming techniques as where you want to be getting your herbs because that's a huge difference. Right. I mean, I've gotten stuff that's commercially farmed and it doesn't, it's not as vibrant. What he really tries to do is grow his herbs in a, basically a place where herbs are going to naturally grow. From what I'm understanding him talking about, he's not, you know, necessarily growing them along, you know, cultivated lines and, you know, in in berms and making it really easy on them. Because as he had said in our previous podcast, you know, that's that's not how Mother Nature intended, and that's not where you're going to get the potency in the herbs. I mean, if you coddle them along, they're not going to give you the the, the, the medicine that you need or the, yeah. the the constituents you want, you're really looking for in high, right. in high potency. Um, right. You know, it's like grapes. If you have a – you know what a good season and a bad season is? A good season is crappy weather typically mm-hmm. and drought conditions and things aren't happening when they're supposed to happen. And those grapes do amazing things. You know, they get higher sugar content. They're lower moisture content. But then on the other side, if you have the perfect weather for it, like, you know, like if the perfect weather for you and I to run around and do things all summer, nice weather, wet temperate, every now and then, temperate, temperate everything, comfortable. everyone in the winery business is going, oh, because they know that, that those yeah. grapes aren't going to be as good as they could be. Right. Yeah. If you look back at like the years where they say, wow, that was a really good vintage if you look at the weather patterns and the soil in the area where those grapes have been grown, typically you find out that the weather was really challenging. Right. There was a lot of, you know, Yeah, they had rain at the beginning, or, they had drought mid-season, or they came on with another wet spell or whatever, and they had really no control, and they're yeah. throwing their hands up in the air because they don't know what to do. But at the end of the day, they get these great vintages out of it. Yeah. You know, and on that flip yeah. side, you know, they get this great weather and all this stuff happens and they're like, oh, it's an okay vintage. I mean, it's good for what we do, but it's not great. You know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Tony kind of inspired me a bit to look more seriously at thinking about the herbs that I grow in groups in my yard. So like, for instance, I have planted Solomon seal seeds that I got from strictly medicinal seeds, not this past year, but a year previous. And then I followed the instructions in um, the book. I forgot the name of his book. I think it's the Medicinal Herb Grower, mm-hmm. Gardener, something like that. But either way, I can put that link on our show notes. Um, I looked at, you know, I did what he said to to plant them. And I decided to try. Having uh, some more here. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have some more too. I decided to split the um, seeds into two groups. And my first group I put into, did the seed stratification in the sand in the refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And then the second group, I just put it, planted them in the pot and stuck them on the back patio. And I did label the pot. I actually labeled that pot, Patrick. 
No way. The pot label fell off sometime in the last calendar year. So I didn't know what I was actually growing in there. And I, this spring, was surprised when something that did not look like it was one of the common weeds that I've already pulled out of that pot a couple of times sprouted. And then I watched it grow and it turned out that that was Solomon's seal. So I was quite pleased. And then I planted the the seed, the sand version, and I don't know if those will come up. So I've got Solomon's seal. I've got it growing. And I decided I was going to plant it. And I started looking around in the yard for what would be the good spot. And um, everything I've read, I haven't, I don't have a relationship with Solomon's seal in the field because uh, I don't get out to the field as much as I'd like. So I did some reading and, and then I spent some time with the plant and I set, you know, set him down in a couple of different areas and just kind of asked, you know, let him stay there for a couple of days and said, you know, how do you like this spot? And, you know, I got a couple of no's and then I got a, yeah, this is an okay spot. And it worked out well because it's an area that I wanted to turn into a little garden. And I started thinking about what Tony has been doing and I thought, you know, why don't I look for other plants that are that low story foresty they get semi-shade, but they're medicinal herbs, so like some of the low-growing um, Oregon grapes. Wow. And, yeah, that's why you, you know. bought those Oregon grapes mm -hmm. from the store the other day. Yep, yep. And then I've got a packet of miner's lettuce seeds, and I mean, I keep looking, I mean, but I thought, you know, letting more plants grow that would commonly be, you know, in the in the forest together seems like it would be smart. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how that um, area starts to, to go. Um, I know it was, it's taken a few weeks to get it done, um, you know, but I'm excited about that. Yeah, I'm a slow gardener. Well, I, I believe in the slow everything movement. <laughs> <laughs> well, the interesting thing is, you know, back to we were talking about potency and, and yeah. that, I mean, we grow herbs in a, in, we, we have a medicinal herbal bed or a kitchen garden herbal bed, if you will. Yes, yeah. We have thyme and sage and oregano and chives and a few other things. And, and all of the herbs out of there are, are, are really good. They, they yeah, they're good. strong. Yeah. But I had a volunteer oregano grow on the edge of a gravel pile in my in our back farm area. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, hey, that's oregano. And I tried that oregano over the oregano that we have in nice soil. and mm -hmm. Our kitchen and, oregano. And that oregano off that gravel is hella potent. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot spicier. Yeah. It is a lot spicier. So, you know, that really kind of follows with just an anecdotal evidence of, of you know, what Tony was saying too with, with, you know, don't give them everything they need because then they can't struggle. If they can't struggle, then they can't make yeah. the good taste, make good flavors. Yeah. And two of the things that are different between the uh, our little gravel oregano and our kitchen garden oregano is that the kitchen garden oregano gets partial shade, whereas the gravel oregano gets full sun. Yeah. And gravel oregano is growing in literally a pile of rocks. Right. And it's, I mean, it's what, six or eight inches of rock before it gets to actual soil. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's a really a pile of rocks. Yeah, and it's not just some wispy little plant. It's actually no, a, it's a sturdy a little... Full-on oregano. That's why I haven't picked yeah. it yet because I'm like, well, you got some good stuff there. I'm, I'll let you go and then I'll mm -hmm. get you before you flower. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So. And so, yeah, our, but the kitchen garden ones, they get they don't get a ton. I'm not very good at watering, so they don't get a ton of water. And I'm not very good at fertilizing. I did remember once last year to put fresh chicken manure down on them, which you're not supposed to do. Apparently, you're supposed to like let it age. But Yeah, that's pretty hot. They call that as a hot fertilizer. Yeah, well, they survived. My plants survived. So 
But I only did that once because it was only one time that I even thought to do it. So I'm I'm lazy, which I feel bad, you know, saying, but I really kind of am and forgetful and not as attentive as I ought to be. Well, I mean, but, to be fair, you're not out in the in the in the garden every day doing the, you know the herbal thing with a whisk, wicker basket running around and, and, and harvesting. Would, and we I have would, a hectic lifestyle. We, <laughs> yeah. we we run three businesses. We you know are doing this stuff. We just did the herbal summit. We all these things. So sometimes the garden gets accidental gardening happening. Right. You know, it's funny. I, I fantasize about being that herbalist. You know, being out in the field and doing my you know constantly you know all that. But even when COVID-19 broke and everybody had to shelter at home and we were right in spring, so it was the perfect timing for doing that, I didn't get out in the field. I decided to put together an herbal summit instead. So I actively chose to not be in the field. And now I'm feeling maybe embarrassed about that. But, you know, the honest truth is I did actively choose to be in, in the studio working on recording and bringing together herbalists and herbal information for people. Instead of getting into the field and, like, communing with the plants. If you'd like to learn more about making herbs a practical part of your daily life, pop on over to The Practical Herbalist and take a look at the many articles, the opportunities to learn, and you can get all of the podcasts from Real Herbalism Radio there, too. That's thepracticalherbalist.com. So, yeah, I, I actively choose often to work on herbal information that's online and connect with people, you know, right now online, sometimes, you know, not online, but actually I like a lot of online stuff as it turns out, but I didn't get into the field and I felt a little bad about that. Yeah. But that's okay. I mean, you facilitated all these other things to happen. I know doing the herbal summit was actually like, I've been thinking about that, doing something like that, not specifically for COVID because I didn't predict that. But I've been thinking about doing that for a couple of years and I've been attending like the Herbal Entrepreneur Summits and, you know, I've, I've been attending a variety of different conferences and doing and webinars. That, that was our, that was the inspiration, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. She actually really was my inspiration. And when I went to her first Herbal Entrepreneur Conference, that was, I had already been looking at that stuff for a while, but as a participant and the first, when I went to, did hers for the first time. Yolanda really showed me that I was like, wow, I could actually do this. It was the first time I saw myself as maybe putting something together. So she was really inspirational for me. Mm-hmm. And, well, yeah. one of the, well, one of the differences between you know, like Yolanda's uh, Herbal Conference, which goes over three or four days um, and has three or four shows a day, I believe, um, versus what we did or what you decided to do because this is you. <laughs> you never do something easy. You say, hey, let's do an Herbal Summit. And I say, okay, great. Let's do it. And then you said, hey, it's going to be 11 hours. And I said, huh? Right. <laughs> and it's going to oh, – oh, and it's going to be live. It's going to be live. So, okay, live? Yeah, talk about putting pressure on yourself, right? Yeah, so that's six weeks ago and well, – I mean, yeah, beginning of March, beginning of April. We started – you said you wanted to do it. Yeah, it was, March, it was the end of March. I think we had two weeks in, of March when I first came up with the idea, but then I needed to start talking to – you and, and do, figuring it out. And then we got our speakers lined up. And I think we had our speakers lined up by the 1st of April. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that, I, you know, I, and I think you said this in the summit, but, you know, all the speakers donated the time on that one. That yes. was free. And the, the reason why we got who we got is because they said, yeah, we'll do it, but we're going to do it for free. And, yeah, it's got to be free. Right. So Which it was going to be anyway. 
Yeah, and I mean, and so we we did it on a labor of love. Um, and right now there are, um, and we and we did have a technical glitch at the beginning. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we weren't aware. We could not get Vimeo and Facebook to play nice together. No, Zoom and Facebook. All. I'm yeah. sorry, Zoom and Facebook yeah. to play nice together at all. Uh, no matter what we tried, I couldn't get a live stream, and then it was somewhat embarrassing that Maria's like, "Well, I'll put it on mine," like, and then she just did it. Uh, I, yeah, I, was like, I know. Are you kidding me right now? Right. Um, but I was it was a kind of a stress ball that morning. I could have used Tony's uh, oh, angel tea. I think. Angel tea would have been good um, for you that day. <laughs> but uh, um, we did after about an hour did get it onto the YouTube live stream, and then that's when it started to calm down. Uh, but with that, we had a big problem, and is that uh, a majority of the people didn't get to see Maria's um, yeah. talk. Yeah, and, yeah, that was a bummer. But on the plus side. I did not forget to hit the record button, and I did, in fact, get all the recordings, which means I've got replays available. Right. And right. I've got Maria's is up now, and I just got Phyllis's up on Monday. Okay, so that's two of the six, because you're going to even yeah. put the panel up, aren't you? Yeah, yep. The panel discussion is going to go up, too. Right. So. so some parts of the of the country that it might have been too late or past your bedtime, you, you, you'll still uh-huh. get to hear the panel. And other parts, parts of the um, world. Yeah, parts of the right. world. We had people from all over the world. I was so impressed. Yeah, the first five minutes, Ireland, you know, Australia, New Zealand. I mean, we had all these people Cambodia, in, I think, if I remember you know, right. Like, just, what? I know. Uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, and we made a mistake. Uh, you know, I thought and, – and I found out we were not the only people to make this mistake. The way that Zoom uh, words its – Marketing. Its marketing uh, is – 100 participants and up to 10,000 viewers. Well, we thought we were in the clear, right? Yeah. Um, no, no. 100 participants means 100 participants. You have to buy it. up to get to the 10,000 tier. And then those would all be participants. That's not even like. Yeah, that would have been just participants. Just, so, yeah. I mean, obviously they, they know that most people aren't going to do that, I guess, yeah. because they offer the, the live streaming. Right. Uh, but we kept, I, I even called Zoom. I even tried to get information to make sure. And it's, you know, we thought we were in the clear. And then, you know, when, when at eight, Eight what seven forty five seven fifty rolled around and everybody we filled every slot in the in the oh gosh and then we yeah. started getting the flood of emails of I can't get on I reserved oh my not and I'm like I'm just freaking out because right. what are we gonna do and <laughs> well uh, to be fair to be fair to be fair <laughs> Zoom was dealing with probably way more questions and way more users than they've ever had before because of the whole pandemic. Oh, sure. And we did it late enough in the shelter at home stuff that at least, you know, our area was in. But most of our country had had already been sheltering in mm-hmm. place for quite a while, yeah. which means Zoom had already been inundated. People were finding it, using it for their just family chats and things like that. So... Right, right. I mean, and I'm not. I mean, look, it, it's been a pretty decent platform. I mean, yeah. I have a networking group that uses it. Um, I have other places that use it. I've, I've met with people online. It's almost like back, you know, back in the day when you know we were younger, and they said, "Hey, before you know it, there'll be video phone calls." Yeah. Well, this was like now. It just seems like That's just not normal. only can we do it, but people are comfortable to do it. Even people that are technologically, they would say to themselves, they say that they're not savvy. They can do it. Yeah. Uh, so it's opened up the communication realm. I, I actually talked to my sister quite a bit in the last couple of weeks uh, through video. Yeah. And we actually had a chance to see each other, mm-hmm. um, which prior to that, I really haven't seen her that much. So, yeah. you know, yeah. it's been a great way to connect uh, like that. Um, but uh, yes, so let's bring it right back around. We yeah. do have replays <laughs> available and we have two of them now. And I think you're going to be releasing 
another one this week and then maybe a couple more next week? Yeah, I'm emailing folks out. So if you're not already on our list, you want to get on to the herbsinaction.com email list. Right. And there's two ways you can actually do that now. You can – there is a form that's available on – I believe on on the front page and the top banner of the website. And then in order to watch a video, uh, you'll need to submit your email. Uh, this is a way for us to kind of track users and figure out what, what we need to do and try to keep that uh, interest up for the next summit that we're going to do. So that's all that's required, and you can watch mm-hmm. the video. Um, and uh, there's also what we're doing is putting in all of their resources. So if they had a slideshow, they gave it to us. To, I think they all gave them all, all to us. Yeah, as far as I know, we've got all the slideshows right. and handouts. Right. And, and that's in the resources part right underneath uh, the video that, that'll be there and the, yep. the um, video window in, on their speaker page. Uh, so, yeah, if you really want to catch, catch the replays of those videos and, and see what you missed or uh, see if you can learn any more because it ta- it's happening so fast and there was so much information that was getting thrown right. out, so much on yes. there, um, then, yeah, herbsinaction.com and then go to the speakers pages and you'll be able to watch the, the replays of those. Yeah, videos. and, you know, if you really want to see more or if you want to be involved in helping shape the next summit or conference we do, which I'm thinking is going to be more conference style, um, you might want to take a look at the Herbal Nerd Society. Because that's I'm I've been talking with the Herbal Nerd Society. I've been getting information from what they asking them. What do they want to see? What topics do they want covered? Are there any specific herbalists they'd really like to hear from? Um, our next one is definitely going to be an Herbal Nerd Society inspired e- event, if that's the right word. So yeah. Um, well, that's a good a good time to say you know thanks to the Herbal Nerd Society yes. because really honestly. You know, we said this during the summit, without their their support and, mm-hmm. and their being there month after month, we couldn't do the hosting that's required. We couldn't do the um, the blogging that's required. We couldn't do the video that's required. We can do all these stuff that it takes to build this without them. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank kudos you. Kudos to all of them. Yes. So we got a question today. And usually we don't just get a question and run it, but this was a good one. And I thought this was fun. So there's mm-hmm. two parts. There's a comment and a question. All righty. So I'm going to read the comment first. Oh, boy. Um. So this is a newbie to herbalism. This is Matt. Matt says that he enjoys the website immensely. His daughter liked the Herbal Nerd sticker. Uh, I was sent for his mem- he was sent for his membership. See, she took it and put it on her car. She didn't even know what it was for, just thought it was cool. So he said, for your information, 19-year-olds like our sticker. Woohoo! <laughs> so here's his question. I need a nice field guide for identifying plants. I'm in the Midwest, so when I'm looking, I'm looking for one for my region. A while ago, I saw one where it broke down the plants in the book with a key. Which you picked the flower type, the leaf stem, etc., and you were able to eliminate candidates really fast. Is there a book like that or software? Well, like I said, you're going to be challenging my field botany here. Oh, field botany. <laughs> that sounds so professional. I have not gotten into the field as much as I would like, so I'm going to give you the best answer I can. The first thing is that he sent some pictures. And the pictures showed what does look like to me also like a white mustard plant. Okay. Um, and one of the things that is hard to identify just from pictures is you don't have the smell. You don't have a sense of the area. You don't right. have the taste of the plant. You should be careful about tasting plants that you're not fairly confident with. Um, but yes, that's true. That one looked fairly safe. It's one that if I was standing next to it, I probably would have given it a taste to see if it had a mustardy taste to it. Or even rub and smell. And rub and smell, yeah. The smell is, makes a big difference. So first off, Matt, I think the chances are pretty high that, yes, that probably is a white mustard plant. Um, those do grow, are often used as cover 
crops. So they're often found in fields and definitely Midwestern fields would be a place where you would find white mustard and other mustard plants growing because they can. Mm -hmm. um, there's a bunch of really good field guides out there. The ones that I'm most familiar with would be the ones that are for the Pacific Northwest. And there's one by Scott Kluse called Pacific Northwest Medicinal Plants that I really, really like. Um, the pictures are really good. The, I enjoy the, the descriptions are easy for me to read anyway. <clears throat> and I can't remember because I've borrowed that from Sue when I, I borrowed that from Sue a few times. So I can't remember offhand if it's got the full-on scientific key, but I believe it did. And there are several other ones that are done by that same company but by different authors, like Brianna Wiles did the Mountain State Medicinal Plants. And then there was also one that was done um, by Lisa M. Rose, which is Midwest Medicinal Herbs. My guess is that would be a pretty good bet for a good medicinal herb one. Anything that you get by Michael Moore is going to be really likely to be really good. Christopher Hobbs is another really good author. Um, the Peterson Guides have been of the, you know, Sibley, Peterson, the various different ones. I tend to like Peterson better myself, at least with regard to birds and, and bird watching and identification, because the drawings are really usually quite precise and the language is mm -hmm. easily understood. So. Those would be my personal suggestions. If you're down in the Texas area, Nicole Telkish has done a really good guide for Texas herbs. Um, so, yeah, that would be my suggestions. Uh, there is the book that Rosalie de la Forêt and Emily Hahn just put out called uh, Wild Remedies, I believe. I, I think that was the name of it. That one, I've been, I'm about halfway through reading that one. And, and so far, it's been really good. And one of the things I've liked about that book is the way that they they coach you on how to look at the plants and how to encounter the plants to better help you, yourself identify them when you're in the field and, you know, how to use them, that sort of thing. So if you're looking for a book that's really good for just getting you started, that would be one. There's also Botany in a Day with Thomas Epel, Epel, E.P. E-L. Um, Botany in a Day is going to teach you a lot about how to properly identify and key out plants in the field. If you haven't worked with botany, you haven't worked with a lot of field guides, that would be the place that I would definitely start because it's going to, it'll, it does run you through the, the keying out the, you know, is the she, the shape of the leaf round or is it lancelet or is it oval and you know, if it, it's if it's round, then go to this page and continue on. And it's a really nice, uh, and it'll also teach you how to better identify groups of fam of plant families. It's a, it's just one of those like teaching standards. Most herbalists and herbal schools that deal with botany even a little bit tend to choose that one as their at least one of their field uh, field guides and textbooks. So, botany in a day with Thomas Eppel. Great. Um, those are it's a lot of different uh, different ones to run down, and we'll have those links in the show notes, right? Yeah, and I <laughs> yeah yes yes, and I actually did make a list of all the links of those ones just before the show started. All right. Well, um, we hope you enjoyed the show today. There. Uh, um, oh, oh, one more thing. Yeah. How's oh, this? Sorry. How's the tiger tea treating you? For me, it's like giving me energy, not zingy energy, but I feel like 
Oh yeah, I can feel that like fire starting up in in you know in my lower back and stuff. Like I'm starting to like wake up again. Are you? Yeah. Um, it's it's not as I'm not as as on fire as I as I was at the beginning. Um, um, I actually caught myself yawning once while we, while you were speaking. So not <laughs> oh, that, so I'm not boring. Not that you're boring me, but <laughs> I just I caught that. But it was interesting because I thought you know when we we were pouring it and the, the, I was getting the mm. smell and I I, I could swear I smelled mint and. While you were speaking, I was looking yeah. at the ingredients, and I was like, "Oh, there's, there's, I don't see any mint in here." There's no mint, but right, it's but got a little got, bit it's got of sweetness. sweetness. Yeah, that's. I think that's what I actually that Tulsi yeah. aromatic a, really yeah. hit me, and I thought that was it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyway, yeah, no, I I really enjoy it, and I could say I could see it being something that I could drink in substitute for for coffee. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to say thank you again, Tony. Right, and again, you know, another plug. If you if you wanna uh, try out his stuff, Sacred Blossom Farms, sacredblossomfarm.com, and then if you go there and buy, you use capital Real Herb and then 15, and that'll save you a bit of money. Yeah. All right. With that, put, put an herb, herb on it. it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration (FDA) and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with a healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.